Are you looking to stay ahead of the curve in the latest trends in enterprise tech? Look no further than the Breaking Analysis podcast with Dave Vellante. This data-driven program dives into the most important topics facing the enterprise tech industry today. With a data-first approach that leverages ETR's renowned surveys of IT decision makers and insight from the Cube community, Breaking Analysis delivers in-depth research on the most important topics facing technologists and IT buyers. Whether you're a business leader, an IT professional, investor, or just an avid follower of the industry, this podcast is a must-listen. Just search Breaking Analysis Podcast wherever you get your podcast and tune in today to stay ahead of the game in enterprise tech. Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome back to the Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Hope everybody is doing well. Just got back from Europe. Uh, had a chance to attend KubeCon 2023 in Amsterdam. So first off, I want to thank the CNCF for uh, allowing us to have a uh, media pass, make it possible for us to uh, to attend the event. So very much uh, big thanks to the CNCF. Uh, second thing, uh, event was uh, a lot of energy. A lot, a lot of energy was had some concern. Um, I had some concern going in um, about, you know, how many people will be showing up? Uh, you know, was it, you know, CNCF had announced uh, 10,000 people had registered for the show. Um, I had some concern going in that maybe those numbers weren't, uh, you know, I don't want to say not legitimate, but maybe they'd given away a bunch of free tickets. And anytime you, uh, you know, anyway, anyways, um, that concern was, uh, was very quickly uh, alleviated. Um, there was plenty of people there. It was uh, a ton of energy, uh, very, very full uh, show floor, very full sessions, very full keynote. Um, so, you know, great, uh, great overall attendance. Uh, 58% of the attendees, nearly 60% of the attendees uh, were new to CNCF events. Um, something I, you know, be interesting to sort of look at. Um, but yeah, as we, as we dig into this sort of Sunday perspective to look back at KubeCon, uh, want to spend some time doing that. We're going to dive into that after the break. Um, and, uh, I will say, you know, one of the things about KubeCon that is becoming, uh, I don't know if it's more challenging, but just the reality of KubeCon these days. And we mentioned it, uh, at the Detroit KubeCon back in the fall of 2022. Um, you know, obviously the show's become bigger. Uh, anytime, anytime a show becomes bigger, you get more and more perspectives. It's harder to have kind of a singular focus. Obviously this space was used to be very, very focused around Kubernetes. That's changed over the last couple of years as Kubernetes has become sort of mainstream, um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I will say this as I kind of, kind of give you my perspective on KubeCon, um, you may end up hearing a dozen other perspectives or a hundred other perspectives, and they could be very, very different than the one that I gave you. So, you know, I, I get exposure to a certain number of things. There's only so many things you can attend, uh, in a day or in a week. Um, and so, you know, that's one of the, the things that's evolved quite a bit from KubeCon. You used to sort of know all the technologies that were getting announced and, uh, and all those sort of things. So that has definitely changed, uh, probably for the better, um, in terms of, you know, the breadth of the community. So we'll kind of dive into that. And then last thing, uh, before we jump to the break, um, you know, I had a chance to visit Europe quite a number of times, uh, this trip, I, I made a stop in Scotland and then where it was in Amsterdam, um, you know, and, and maybe I'll never understand this. Maybe this is just complete, you know, American ignorance. Um, you know, Europe is a fantastic place, uh, incredible diversity of, of people and cultures and food and uh, architecture and geography and all those sorts of things. Um, I can't for the life of me figure out why there is no standardization whatsoever, ever, 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 ever with the, the bathrooms and hotels. Um, and, you know, between how you turn the water on, 
how scaldingly hot the water gets immediately, um, why they're all designed to get water all over the floor, why that's considered a feature, um, why it's oftentimes so hard to get in and out of showers, um, you know, why we can never figure out where to put the plug if you need a plug for things. Um, I, you know, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't know if I'll ever understand it. Maybe it's just encouraging Americans not to come, which is fine. You know, that, that's a perspective. I just, I just don't understand why it can never be easy to just sort of wake up and sort of know what you're getting into with the shower, that it's not a, a 30 minute ordeal to figure out how to turn the hot water on, how to turn the hot water off, which direction to turn the handle. It's a fantastic fascinating part about Europe. Um, I would love for somebody to sort of educate me as to why sort of the the broader European community has decided that, uh, nope, we will we will never, never, ever, not from one hotel to another in the same country, uh, from one chain to another, from one country to another, we will have no consistency whatsoever. So anyways, enough uh, shower inconsistency talk. Uh, we're going to dive into KubeCon, kind of all things KubeCon right after the break. Upland Software provides modern, secure fact solutions for businesses of all sizes. It drives content for intelligent processing and digital transformation worldwide, helping solve real business problems by providing enterprise software for getting things done. Upland offers cloud, hybrid, and on-premise fact solutions that integrate fax transmissions into business processes, utilizing machine learning technology to process and extract content. Didn't know that fax was still a thing? Have they got news for you? The demand for secure, user-friendly facts has skyrocketed for industries such as healthcare and financial services because users need trusted technology that safeguards sensitive information while supporting digital document workflows. Upland is ready to show you facts in action. Cloudcast listeners can try one month of Upland Cloud Facts for free and enter to win a wireless Bluetooth speaker by visiting info.uplandsoftware.com cloudcast. That's info.uplandsoftware.com cloudcast. And we're back. And uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, we're going to dive into all things KubeCon 2023 Amsterdam, uh, the spring show, if you will, sort of uh, the European show is always the first one of the year. The uh, North American one is always in the later part of the year. Uh, this one is in Amsterdam. Amsterdam is a fantastic city, fantastic host for the event. Nice venue. Uh, nice. You know, everybody was able to walk to the venue or ride a bike, tons and tons of bikes. Um, not the greatest weather in the world. We're sort of now in this rut of, and it, I was talking to somebody, it, it seems that the CNCF, no matter where they go, and I, and I shouldn't say this, um, it feels like the last couple of years they've picked sort of colder weather locales. Um, they did pick Valencia, very nice, very warm. Uh, at one point they had picked Austin. Uh, very nice, very warm, but it snowed. Uh, this last fall, they picked Detroit, uh, Amsterdam, kind of cold and gray, uh, and then Chicago will be in the fall. So, you know, doesn't they do a good job of picking different locales. They always seem to find a way to make it cold. Um, that's fine. It would be nice if it was warm so we didn't have to drag along so many bags and coats and all those other types of things. But anyways, Amsterdam, fantastic city. Great job by everybody who put on the event. Um, easy to get in. Uh, great registration. Registration was even easier than it's been in the past. Um, food was fine. Um, you know, food at the event was fine, drinks and water and all those sort of things. So kudos to the CNCF. And again, thank you for them making this possible for us to, to attend as far as media passes and stuff. A couple of things, observation wise, technology wise, uh, as I mentioned, uh, you know, Kubernetes has become, uh, more and more mainstream. Uh, so there's less and less sort of new technology coming around Kubernetes. There's still a lot of tooling. I feel like, you know, back in the day, you sort of knew the tools that you needed to deploy a Kubernetes or, um, you know, bootstrap one or whatever it is. It does feel like there are a whole bunch of 
just a whole ecosystem of kind of tools that you kind of have to go figure out what they are. Um, a lot of weird names out there. Um, so, you know, the, the, the core Kubernetes stuff, uh, again, sort of stabilized. I think we're up to 1.27 now. So congratulations again uh, to the release team. Uh, we're going to have a show coming up um, coming up fairly soon about how that release process works uh, for those of you that are interested in being more involved with the community. But uh, it feels like we are now dealing with um, sort of the next generation of what happens once you get containers, sort of your, your team's using containers and Kubernetes up and running. Um, I tend to call this sort of cloud native 2.0. Um, think of it as sort of you know, the next generation of challenges to deal with with Kubernetes. Um, not that Kubernetes has like inherently created new problems, but anytime that you're dealing with distributed systems, you're adding more users, you're adding more clusters, you're moving across clouds, all those sorts of things, you know, new challenges are going to arise. And in some cases, they are the same challenges that we had you know, in the past. Um, so, for example, I sat in, sat in a session about, you know, how do we do uh, backup and recovery in a Kubernetes environment? Or how do we do, uh, you know, stateful applications in these types of environments? And and the answer in a lot of cases was like, well, very much like we've done them, you know, in the past with VMs, you know, especially in terms of, of certain things having to do with data and, uh, you know, availability and all those sort of things. So, uh, you know, we are seeing quite a bit of that, which is great. Um, the second thing that, that I noticed related to Kubernetes or related to sort of the maturity of things is while Kubernetes has matured, I feel like the European community to a certain extent is always kind of a little bit of a laggard. Um, and, and I say this and I don't mean this is sort of a generic you know, kind of blanket for everybody in Europe, but it does feel like sort of the the region as a whole is always, you know, slightly behind. Um, and the good news was at this event, um, you know, again, there was concerns about how many people were going to be attending. Um, attendance was great. Energy was great. With the number of companies, uh, especially, you know, larger companies that were now sort of embracing the whole sort of cloud native ecosystem uh, for various reasons, um, was very, very prevalent. Uh, so there was a lot of talk about uh, projects that were going either kicking off, projects that were successful, projects that were growing. Um, and again, we're in 2023, so this has been going on for six, seven years now, eight years now. Um, but yeah, I feel like we're going to have kind of a rejuvenation of Europe in particular uh, around the cloud native ecosystem. So that was great to see. In terms of technology, uh, lots and lots of observability. Um, you know, when we look at, uh, you know, the, the most popular workloads that run on Kubernetes, um, you know, kind of telemetry, observability, monitoring still number one, uh, even more so than like Java applications or other things. So, you know, people are building the tooling into the systems to be able to deal with these distributed systems, which is great because once the systems are spread out all over the place, you've got to have some way of figuring out where, you know, where are the problems happening? Where is latency happening? Where's connectivity happening? Where's, um, you know, how do I troubleshoot all those sort of things? So, you know, tons and tons of observability conversations, lots and lots of vendors try to do new versions of observability. Um, maybe too many, I don't know. Um, Lots of discussion around uh, cost management. As we mentioned, the last same was in Detroit. Um, so lots of cloud management vendors there, cloud cost management vendors, um, some open source projects as well. Um, as well as, you know, I, I heard various talk in talking to some of the various uh, sort of big three cloud providers. So your Amazons, Azures, and Googles is that will be a theme throughout the year for them. So looking at ways to to bring better cost management and cost reduction to their customers. So I suspect, you know, they are seeing 
you know, companies who are saying, hey, I'm concerned about my, my AWS bill, for example, or I don't know if I'll move that next project to AWS. Maybe it's too expensive. Um, so I, su- I suspect that we will see more and more initiatives, uh, programs to try and help uh, get you to the cloud, but also help you reduce your cl- cost or, you know, the, the acceleration of your cost to a lower level. Um, so I heard that quite a bit. Saw quite a bit of interest around service mesh. Now, I'll say this in the context, and I'll try not to be biased. Um, you know, obviously, service mesh is an area that um, hasn't necessarily kind of followed the exact same model as Kubernetes. So, you know, back when KubeCon got started, you know, Docker still had a, an orchestrator, Mesos still had an orchestrator, there were still some homegrown orchestrators, but eventually Kubernetes kind of won out that market, kind of became the de facto standard. And it, you know, it wasn't more than a year or so after that that sort of the concept of service mesh came along. I think service mesh is still going through a certain amount of, you know, validating. Do we have one single standard? Um, you know, we, we've got Istio, we've got Linkerd, we've got um, uh, what else do we have um, around that space. We saw the announcements around Cilium service mesh uh, happen. Um, so, you know, I, I think we still have some time to go through, kind of sorting out which of those standards will win. Um, you know, we'll see if uh, Linker, uh, sorry, Istio being part of the CNCF now drives that more and more. Um, you know, lots of kind of interesting conversations happening around Cilium as a project. Is it best served as a CNI? Is it, does it, should it move up the stack and be more of a service mesh? Um, that's a discussion that'll be going on. But the service mesh sessions that went on were highly, highly attended. So, you know, it does sort of tend to make me think that maybe we're seeing more and more people that are, you know, again, moving in that sort of phase beyond Kubernetes where, um, you know, being able to do different types of security, different types of offloading of of where uh, applications are processed and how they're done, um, you know, what it looks like to do cross-cloud types of things may become more and more of a discussion point uh, than maybe they have been the last couple of years. So that's an area that we saw quite a bit. In terms of developers, uh, you know, I, I don't know that the CNCF still completely has a handle on what the developer track looks like at KubeCon. Um, you know, it's it's sort of, you do see a number of teams, you know, platform engineering was was widely, widely visible. Uh, a lot of talks around platform engineering, a lot of sessions around platform engineering, um, whether it's become the new DevOps or the new way of operating, you can have discussions about that. Um, but But still not necessarily like, a visible, visible developer track, right? Um, there are plenty of development teams that are trying to figure out, do I want to bother with platform engineering, right? So there were a number of companies there that are trying to put together technologies that are helping developers basically say like, oh, look, you want to build um, you know, your own way of accessing applications, right? So a teleport or somebody along those lines or a, you know, an NGROC or somebody along those lines, or companies that were saying, hey, uh, developers have access to building your own ingress for your applications. And so, you know, there were some projects like that in which people were, um, you know, trying to give developers more control over things that might, in some cases, be a platform engineering type of thing, security access, routing access, network access, you know, and so that trend is sort of out there, that, that um, you know, thought of, Maybe we don't give platform engineering access to everything, um, but there, you know, and then obviously there was there was some conversation around Wasm. Um, Wasm feels like it had its moment uh, in Detroit, and it's now sort of trying to figure out what it's going to become. Um, is it the new Java? Is it you know apply, applicable to sort of serverless use cases? Is it just applicable as sort of a PaaS use case? Um, 
you know, so, you know, I think Wasm sort of has to go through some proving it stages, right? It sort of came out last year as this sort of, hey, it's the new run anywhere, you know, any application run anywhere type of thing. It's it's very, you know, small and and, and so forth. And now it sort of has to go prove that to developers. So, um, you know, still not necessarily like a distinct, distinct developer track. There are developers, I guess, development teams in attendance, but, um, you know, it's still not very much a developer show, still very much a infrastructure, platform engineering, security, uh, you know, multi-cloud sort of, sort of show. A couple of other things, I guess, that are, that are worth noting. Um, data sovereignty, lots and lots of discussion about data sovereignty. And I think this is not a unique thing to Europe, but it is a very critical thing to Europe that maybe it isn't um, maybe so much in Asia or, or North America markets where, you know, Europe has implemented a number of laws, uh, a number of sort of country-specific laws oftentimes around data sovereignty in which, um, you know, it is incredibly important in, for uh, companies to maintain their data in country. And so, you know, saw a number of, of companies, saw a number of interesting discussions about what that means. And I think, um, you know, especially until we see you know, a AWS region or a GCP region or an Azure region in sort of every country and then having the ability to have resiliency the way that, you know, regulators need it for whatever whatever industry it might be. Um, you know, we are seeing more and more people talking about, hey, you know, what do I do for private cloud or co-located cloud or other types of things in which, you know, they can sort of assure that we know where their data is going to be. So, you know, saw some interesting uh, implications of that, saw some stuff um, around people having sort of cloud hosted control planes and some interesting things that go on there. But then the data that's captured for something like observability is stored locally. And, you know, so you do get into just kind of a different conversation that goes on uh, maybe than, than the U.S. and some other things. And then, you know, the last thing I saw, you know, I'll kind of highlight that I saw, um, and I'm going to keep the show sort of short. So I put, um, and I'll, uh, well, let me get to the last point and then I'll sort of wrap up with a few things. I did see a very interesting kind of open Q&A session, about an hour, maybe it was an hour and a half that Kelsey Hightower did uh, one of the last couple of days, either the second to last day or the last day in which he just sort of took open-ended questions. And I thought it was a very interesting session uh, because it was everything from people's asking about his future take on on, on certain technologies and, and what does he feel like, you know, where certain new tech, you know, existing technologies are to, you know, how do you go about learning to how do you deal with burnout? How do you deal with, uh, you know, various types of teams and so forth? I, I thought it was a very good session for the CNCF to have, maybe this is something that they do more often. Maybe it's something that we do on this show where you just kind of give people an open forum to say, Hey, um, here's somebody who's experienced in the industry has seen a lot, has done a lot. Um, just ask any sort of question. And, uh, you know, I think it's helpful for people because you, you get, as we mentioned, you know, 60% of this audience is, is brand new to the community. Uh, and for them, you know, a lot of the stuff that goes on in the CNCF may seem weird or wacky or, doesn't make sense or whatever it might be, right? They might be new to um, cloud native applications. They might just be new to this idea of like, where's the line between open source and vendor and, um, you know, whatever it might be. Like maybe I've never done contributions before to open source, whatever those things might be. Um, you know, I thought it was good for them to have some um, some outlets, some vehicles to allow people to just ask questions. And, you know, while there are lots of people at the event and there are sessions to talk to, but just having sort of an open forum and then seeing how open other people are, your peers in the community about asking questions. And it might've been about burnout. It might've been about 
whatever. Um, that, that was really, really helpful. And maybe it's something that, um, you know, the, the CNCF does or, you know, we can do as a community more often um, because it's the same sort of thing. We get questions all the time at the show and, um, you know, you're you're sort of it's it's great when people ask questions. Sometimes you're surprised at the questions. But, um, you know, I think having those open forums is, is, is a useful vehicle. Um, I'm not going to go too long on this one. Um, as I mentioned, everybody's perspective on on KubeCon is going to be somewhat different. It's going to be skewed by you know, what motivated you to go? What sessions did you get a chance to listen to? What, um, you know, how active were you in seeking out the things that you were looking for? Did you, you know, did you hear what you were looking for? Um, were you able to get into the sessions that you wanted to? Um, you know, so everybody's perspective is going to be a little bit different. Um, so I don't want to sort of dictate or, you know, kind of, uh, you know, push to you. This was the only thing that happened at KubeCon. It was, it was a very, very diverse show. A um, couple of sort of housekeeping things that I'll throw out there. And I put a ton of of links in the show notes. Um, all of the announcements, uh, there's a link to that in the show notes. Um, the press conferences that the CNCF did, both from CNCF leadership, uh, a number of interesting roundtable panels they had around the future of CNCF projects and, and technology around platform engineering. There are links to those uh, in the show notes. Um, for all the sessions, uh, hopefully for those of you that, that didn't get a chance to go, you could use the virtual session that we, uh, virtual link that we had put out there. I put the details in the show notes about when the session, uh, videos and presentations and all those things will be available. Um, so if you had a login, you can log in and go take a look at them. Um, it's going to be maybe, uh, a few weeks before all the videos and presentations have been published. Cause obviously they were showing them live. Um, you know, if you had a registration of some sort, but then they've got to go and edit them and do all the things to make them uh, properly available. They'll be on the YouTube channel. So go ahead, take a look at that when you get a chance. Um, if you're interested in any of the sessions, um, the one thing they do say is that not every session will, uh, publish the presentation. That always depends on if the, um, speaker or the panel wants the presentation published, but almost always they will publish all of the videos because um, they're usually open sessions. There's nothing proprietary in them or anything along those lines. So anyways, um, lots of good information. Uh, it was a good event by the CNCF. Uh, looking forward to Chicago. Uh, wish it wasn't in November because it's going to be cold, but um, you know, hopefully people get a chance to attend. But uh, yeah, if anybody has any questions about it, happy to answer questions. Um, but yeah, overall, I think it was a good set, a good week. Uh, I think the community is going in a good direction. It was great to see the number of people in attendance. It was great to see the energy. Um, so I, that should have people very, um, you know, forward looking, you know, motivated about where this community is going. I don't think, I think maybe there was some concern because of COVID um, or, you know, maybe just, oh, it's not Kubernetes driving the boat anymore. Maybe, you know, what's going to happen in this community. But if Amsterdam is any indication um, the community is in good hands. Um, the community is vibrant, um, both on the creation side in terms of the technology, the number of companies that are providing some sort of software service support, whatever that might be, but just, you know, the excitement of, uh, of the people that are attending and, and being part of the community was, was really, really good. So with that, I'll wrap it up. Uh, great week in Amsterdam. Good to be back, uh, getting over some jet lag, but, uh, yeah, looking forward to, uh, you know, getting a chance to uh, hear what other people have to say. So let us know what you thought about the show. Um, again, we put a bunch of links in the show notes, so that should give you um, everything that you'd want to get from the show within 
either a couple of days or a couple of weeks. You may have to go back and, and uh, follow up on stuff. But with that, I'll wrap it up. Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, thanks again to the CNCF for allowing us to go. Thanks for telling a friend about the Cloudcast. Thanks for helping us grow the community uh, as well as growing the CNCF community if you're part of those uh, events. And with that, I'll wrap it up. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 